to today's episode of What's the Feeling? I am Lindsay. No, I'm Asra, and we're here coming to you live. We're back together. The band has got back together. Oh, I dropped water all over myself. It's literally a dribble of water, guys. <laughs> Do not panic. <laughs> Tighten my water bottle when I filled it. <laughs> and your water spill like ruined my. We're getting the band back together. Joke. Oh, I'm so sorry, but um, it's like March 25th, but the opposite. <gasps> you can't just like bring <laughs> that date up, like. <laughs> With no segue, just dropping it down, seeing March what type of emotions happen. 25th, 2015 was the day that us Ryan movie <laughs> sat in a parking lot, <laughs> cried. <laughs> Legit, it was a work day. Um, Zayn had left the band, and we sat in the parking lot at work and cried for hours. And we, we took a half day. We were like, you know what? Fuck work. We're taking a half day. Mm-hmm. Something disturbing has happened to us. Our boss had to come out and be like, hey, are you guys okay? And we're like, oh no, we're not. We're not okay. <laughs> and so I think afterwards, this was the best part. We like took the half day and then we went to every Target we could find to buy every One Direction item that we could with all five boys on it, which is where I think this binder that you're using currently is from. Mm-hmm. But I just remember that I was a mess. I was crying and crying and crying and... Mama Kiki, who we talk about every episode and who texted me, she's like, I love the shout outs in every episode. Well, this episode shout out is I was so upset and she goes, it's fine. It's nothing. It's not a big deal. Like, why are you making such a big deal out of it? And that one doesn't feel like a shout out, Kiki. No. And I legit didn't talk to her for like three days, which if you know how often my mom and I talk, like that's a lot. But I was living like, how dare you say that my feelings aren't valuable and like, it's not real. It's real to me. You don't understand how much these boys love each other. What? Why if something makes me happy is it not important? It was bad. And I like talked to other people about how mad I was at my mom. <laughs> Don't worry everyone, we got through it. My mom and I are fine again. It was just a rough patch. It was a rough patch in our relationship. That's funny. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Have you been watching or listening or doing anything else? I'm rewatching Breaking Bad because I don't like sleep. I don't know. I don't know why I'm doing it. Like I'll watch like, an episode at night. Mm-hmm. I found this really interesting, um, I don't think it's a study, but this thing, like, people with anxiety will, will re-watch stuff they've already watched because it's completely, like, you know exactly what's gonna happen, yeah, predictable. And I was like, wow, really just calling out my Gilmore Girls rewatch over and over again. Uh-huh. But I just find that really interesting when people are like, well, I rewatched this for the 14th time, and I was like, interesting. Literally. <laughs> You've, you probably have already seen I am way more affectionate with your dog than I am with you. That's true. <laughs> I've never him. once have you petted me under the neck. <laughs> no, he's a very, very sweet dog. Yeah, he's perfect. <laughs> Unless you're another dog. <laughs> Unless you're another unneutered dog. Yeah. Which, it's not his problem that you didn't listen to Bob Barker. It's <laughs> true. He tried. Bob Barker tried. He told you every time. Every single day he told you. So, listen to Bob Barker and my dog won't attack yours, it's fine. It's fine. Huge, huge dog, yes, I can imagine. Yeah. But yesterday there was like this fan that like literally like stood in front of their dog. I was like, okay, that's a little extra. Like, chill. He's on a leash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks, moves, definitely looks like he could take down both of us. <laughs> I'm strong. I felt like he was not only, the person not only judging my dog, but also judging me and my strength. <laughs> and that made me feel a little attacked. 
Yeah, you can't. Because yes, that. my dog could pull a small house, but <laughs> I'm a brick house. <gasps> there we see how I want to see what I yeah. did there. Mm. Thanks. If this is a recording, I'm gonna be so out, so mad at you. House. Well, of course it's recording. I just have to look at it. You know. <laughs> Oh good. Oh good. Ten minutes in. Nice. Um, new show. I don't know if you're gonna watch it. You probably won't. Um, but on Netflix, the Ginny and Georgia. Mm. Oh, your face just said it all. <laughs> what is that? Um, it's a new Netflix show. Um, mother daughter is kind of the center of it. Mom was really young when she had her daughter. Mother is white. Father is black. So it's kind of the girls. Going through high school trying to figure out her own identity and it deals a lot with with race and then but also the mom has um a pretty rich past um there's some severe trauma in her past and so she's in survival mode for most of her life it's very interesting it's very well done um but i had a friend in in the show there is self-harm kind of portrayed and so i had a friend who listens to this podcast who was like i have to know like what you think about this because you were so angry about the 13 reasons why self-harm mm -hmm. um and so we had an interesting discussion about it and i just thought the way that this show did it was a little bit more um responsible like they didn't necessarily show it um if you didn't know what was happening you didn't know that it was happening um and it wasn't kind of romanticized the way I feel like it was in 13 Reasons Why. Mm -hmm. And it was just really real. I think that the characters played it a lot more realistic. Mm -hmm. The scenario was a little more realistic. So, but if you need a good show to watch, I enjoy Jenny and Georgia. I don't know if you would enjoy Jenny and Georgia. It's really hard for me to get into new media. Like, mm -hmm. the, I did watch Bridgerton. Um, but yeah, I mostly just watch the office like my my world doesn't really revolve around tv yeah it makes sense like i don't really like oh like this show sounds interesting mm -hmm. like, i don't know I, that's yeah i don't really have like this thing about like watching the newest thing yeah. like i don't have like a curiosity around that mm -hmm. i know you don't care but also the fourth season of good girls starts today oh yeah that totally oh my gosh but i did watch season three did you yeah after we talked and i convinced you to yeah, actually, because yes. so that that was the part where it wasn't. That was the conversation that didn't get recorded. Oh, okay. You know, a couple episodes ago, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's when we had talked about uh, Breaking Bad. That's when we had talked about. It's not like it more girls. With Good it. girls. Good girls. And <clears throat> I had said like, oh, I have a problem with this show because there's this man of color, who spoiler alert this is from two seasons ago gets shot by the white woman and i remember thinking to myself if for whatever reason these two fools become like partners again like this is going to be such bullshit like i'm gonna not watch the show again because i have a whole thing about like men of color and white women and um so you were like no you should watch it because it's she in, in in a lot of ways is like quote held accountable because that was my fear mm -hmm. that like she's not going to be held accountable because to be honest my only version of held accountable is she's going to get shot too. right <laughs> but I also like how she needs to be held accountable but she shot him like do you not think that he deserved to be shot do I not think that yeah oh what I don't remember what happens why does she shoot him I mean. He was trying to get her to shoot the cop. He had, like, wasn't letting her out of... I guess that's a kind of a deeper thing of... Was her action... Like, does he have any right to be mad at her for shooting him? 
or did he deserve deserve it for what he had done to her? You know, like there's different things. Yeah, but we do see in Rio, that's the guy, the character's name, right? Is it mm-hmm. Rio? Yeah, okay. So we, with Rio, we do see that he's ruthless. Yes. Especially in season three, like there's a scene in there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we do see that he's ruthless, but, but I think the only reason why he doesn't kill her is because she tells him she's pregnant. Right. Um, but I was so surprised that, I mean, obviously the, the lady needs to be alive because she's the main character of the show, right? So I get that. But like, he doesn't even make an attempt on her life immediately out on site. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. I'm like, at least like, she like, this person was shot three times. Like at least try to immediately try to kill her. Like try to meet her in a dark alley and like have the gun up. And then she says, no, 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 I'm pregnant. Mm-hmm. But it's like this real chill scene where like he walks up to her in a bar and sits down next to her and she's terrified and she plays that really well. But man, I really wanted the monster to come out and it doesn't come out and I didn't like that. Got it. Like he's a monster to like everyone around him. Mm -hmm. How are you not a monster to the person that shot you three times? Mm -hmm. That I didn't get. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, But anyways, so I did end up watching all of season three. And it was such an anticlimactic ending. What does that mean? Okay, so it was anticlimactic because there was supposed to be four more episodes in that season. But because of COVID, it got shut down. Okay. So I'm, in season four, there's going to be two cliffhangers because they're going to do the last four episodes that were supposed to be in season three cliffhanger and then the season four cliffhanger. God. So yes, it was very anticlimactic, yeah. but it, because it got shut down. Okay. I was like, this is not very good girls at all. Yeah. Why am I not at the edge of my seat? Mm-hmm. I really wish that girl didn't die last season. Yeah. She was so cute. I know. And the little mouse. Oh no, it was a bird. <laughs> Some small animal that's not a dog. <laughs> Or a cat. <laughs> I only know so many. I don't, I don't know that many animals. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so today is Lindsay's. Yeah, so we're, we started on this high of some good, fun storytelling. Yeah. And we're going to drop it low. And not like a cool dance move way, mm-hmm. but like um, in a thing. So, um, Usher and I have both experienced this that we're going to talk about today. This happened while we were working together, um, but I'm going to take you back. So we're going to start with a student. Um, I didn't think of a name for this student. So we are going to call her Jasmine. Jasmine. Love it. I was. I just realized we both work with a student named Jasmine. Mm-hmm. Not that Jasmine. No, different Jasmine. <laughs> different Jasmine. But we're going to call this, this kid Jasmine. So. Jasmine is in eighth grade. She is um, salutatorian of her eighth grade class. Um, phenomenal basketball player has been scouted for different high schools and different traveling teams. She is the second to youngest in a pretty large family. Um, older sister was also very successful academically. Um, and yeah so this student well liked yeah very well liked tons of friends well liked at school among all the teachers and all of the people at her like the students one of the most like resilient yeah like oh man that sucked all right what's the solution Mm -hmm. super strong a pleasure to work with Mm -hmm. um got into funny yeah got into kind of wise behind beyond her years as well Mm -hmm. um kind of had that youngest sibling mentality of like a little more playful but very wise she worked her butt off to get into some private high schools um 
So yeah, just amazing kid. So we're gonna start with with Jasmine. Can we give some context around how fucked up it is in East Palo Alto? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, Lindsay and I both, correct me if I'm wrong, Lindsay, we, we both grew up in like pretty well-to-do like suburbs, yep. right? I grew up in Appleton, Wisconsin. Yeah, she she <laughs> she knows like the candle meme, right? Yeah. Lady trying to look for the candle. Um, but yeah, so the process there is so fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like the middle school situation is pretty um, not that great. Like there's not a lot of great education that the mm-hmm. students have access to. And then they have like this really rough transition into high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so either you go to like these different like local high schools. Which aren't local. So that's the other thing to point out. There's like one, yeah, there's one, two local high schools now in EPA. But they're both charter. East Palo Alto Academy? Is charter. Okay. So, but it's part of Sequoia District though. But as a charter school. Yeah. And, um, and so it's not, they don't have a lot of great options. Mm -hmm. The other one is a private school. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's a mess. Like you should be able, like, you know, like how we had. Yeah. Like there's like a a pretty straight line Mm -hmm. and you're kind of around the same people like all your school life like there's supposed to be a lot of consistency there and the epa kids do not have it in fact they have to work very very hard to get high quality education yeah so um teacher turnover rate in epa is very very high i think when i was there i had been there for four or five years and i was one of the longest people who had been there and teaching consistently school for like 20 years Mm -hmm. Um, so really hard and then kind of more off that high school part is there's no high schools, no public high schools in EPA. If you go to middle school in EPA, you're going to be bused to a mm-hmm. different city. And you have to wake up like an hour earlier. Mm-hmm. And I think the closest one is Menlo Atherton, which is still a 20 minute bus ride. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the lines have been changed recently, but prior to that, kids were bused to all of the Sequoia Union District High School. So they were bused to Menlo Atherton to Sequoia to Carlmont to Woodside, mm-hmm. um, which had you busing for miles. I think Carlmont was like an hour. Yeah, it's insane. Like these students have to wake up at like five, six a.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's no public high school in EPA anymore. So when we're working with, I worked a lot with eighth graders doing this high school transition, and then you get to get to or have to figure out what you're going to do for high school. Your options mm-hmm. are those public schools that are a little bit further away. You can look for a charter school. That might be a little bit closer if you do the one in EPA or you're still going to Redwood City to get there. And then there's some options for private schools. Um, Private schools are harder to get into here. I don't know how many of you are not from California Bay Area area, but for me going to private school, you just kind of signed up and you go. Here you have to apply and it's very similar to the college application and you take a test and you write essays and there's an interview and all sorts of stuff to get into high school, which seems very strange to me. But that's kind of the story of high school. And actually kind of blends pretty well into what we're talking about as well with these interviews and essays. This like not having worked with middle school students before Mm -hmm. um, working at the same place that we worked at together, I was alarmed because the whole eighth grade high school application process is very similar to the college application process. So imagine all the anxiety that a 17 year old experiences, all the time management that they have to experience, all the letter of recommendations, Mm -hmm. logistics around that, about essay writings. They have to do this as freaking 13 year olds. It's insane. It's rejection letters. Yes. As 13 year olds. Yes. It's, it makes no. When I feel like in middle school, you don't have a ton of 
autonomy on what you learn. Like in mm-hmm. high school, you get to make the choices like, oh, I'm going to take this AP class, I'm going to take this honors class, mm-hmm. I'm going to take these credits and do this, that, and the other mm-hmm. thing. Middle school, you're like, I go to class. Mm-hmm. Um, my school has access to this club, this club, and these sports, mm-hmm. or my school doesn't have access to this club, this club, and this sport. And that age, it's like a don't know, don't know situation. Mm-hmm. Like, unless you're coming from a family that is raising you with all of that knowledge yep. and is modeling that for you because they've had the privilege for higher education, you really don't understand the importance yet. No. So, this is Jasmine, fantastic student, ended up getting a full ride. Yeah. to a private high school which is pretty unheard of um so props to her but we're gonna take it back so in the place that we used to work at the nonprofit that we worked at and i see this in a lot of nonprofits. one of the big fundraising events for this event or for this nonprofit, was um a contest amongst the students i'm not going to name the contest um but basically you would have six or like anywhere from like four to six we're gonna say eighth graders in this in high school as well, um, go through this process. And the process had interviews with prominent people in the community, it had essays, and then it had a speech. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had judges who would judge you and decide who was the best student that year. And you know, one of the things they judge you is like on poise. Mm-hmm. They judge a 13 year old sharing you their story on poise. Mm-hmm. And how well do you carry yourself? It's, I want to say it's almost like a beauty contest or a beauty pageant in that sense. Like they have to walk up on stage and they're encouraged to get dressed up. Mm-hmm. They have to get dressed up. Like there was very distinct rules on getting dressed yeah, up. Sure, yeah, it's not encouraged. It's um, I think I had one student who was like, female student who wanted to wear pants and I had to like go to bat for this kid who wanted to wear pants oh my God. instead of wearing a dress or a skirt as a female. Oh my gosh. Um, and so with the interviews, they're like, oh, tell me about yourself. Like, what do you like to do? Kind of like a job interview. And can I, can I yeah, that you just sparked a memory for me. Mm-hmm. I remember having to go day of because my boss didn't like what my student was wearing for the high school equivalent of that competition. I had to get her leggings. Mm-hmm. He was like, no, she has to sit down mm-hmm. she to wear leggings. Mm-hmm. Okay, but like the dress is long enough. Yeah. If you're going to you know, police her. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And so I think the part that was very prominent to us was this speech element. So I don't even remember what the prompt of the speech was, but it was basically like, tell us about a time that you struggled and how you got through it. Mm-hmm. Um, which in and of itself is not a bad speech question. It's not. Um, in and of itself, it's not a bad essay question. However, what this turned into for our students was, please tell us your saddest story and how you overcame it. Whether you like it or not. So that we can sell you and your store to these donors and get more money. What's that term, Lindsay? What is that term, Astro? Poverty porn. Mm Mm-hmm. We're gonna look into how sad your life is so that someone gives us as a organization money. Mm -hmm. Not you, it's not going towards you. No, it's not. So the way that this played out is my student Jasmine was part of this competition and she wrote an excellent speech and it was about, as I said earlier, she was a basketball player and it was about a time that she lost in a basketball game against her coach um, and how she had put in all these hours and hours and 
of work into her basketball game because that's what she cared about, but she lost in a one-on-one game against a coach and she felt like a failure because of that. Um, and kind of her way of getting back into basketball after that and realizing that it was an opportunity for growth. Beautiful, beautiful speech. Very relevant to a 13-year-old, mm-hmm. right? And her passion of basketball. And her passion of basketball. And she went and she delivered the speech to the administration, what do they call it? Like the upper people. Um, and then she left and they came up to me and they're like, we need her to change her essay or her speech. Yeah, she, she delivered it in terms of like as a rough draft, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. okay, this is what I'm planning on. Yeah. And I was like, what do, you, what do you mean she has to change it? And it was like, well, isn't there other stuff that's happened in her life? Like basketball isn't that important. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, no, like this is what she wants to write about. Like we did a bunch of brainstorming and this is what she decided that she wanted to write about. Well, I mean, and then I was again like, but that's not really gonna sell to like, that's not really like the kind of story that we're looking for. And let me just jump right to where you're all thinking this is going is they wanted her to tell a sob story. They wanted her to be like, oh, poor me. I grew up in EPA. My family is disenfranchised this way. My education system is disenfranchised this way. I've seen this type of violence because that's what most of, of the stories were. That's what most of the speeches were. Which is fine when a student wants to speak Yes. How that story of their life. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, and I remember that being what a lot of the speeches were. It was like these very sad stories and then students talking about how they got through them. Um, and most- Which is not what Jasmine wanted. No, and most of the stories were like, and I got through it because of this organization. <laughs> like it was, thinking back, it was very scripted. There was- Oh yeah. It's just a- There was a right way to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just an advertisement. Um, And I remember being told, like, oh, Jasmine has to change her speech to make it more powerful. Were you told? It was was such a directive. I was... I remember you being like, what the fuck? She doesn't want to talk mm -hmm. about this. Why are you forcing this 13-year-old to do this? And then... And when it, uh, I'm still, I had like blocked this out of my mind before we were talking about it, but I was so mad because this girl had worked so hard and this was important to her. This was her being vulnerable. Mm. She's like, it is hard to talk about losing a basketball game to my coach. Mm. And that was her story. Um, She did not end up winning. Someone else won who had, who wrote a quote unquote sadder story. Um, oh, you missed you. You've left out the part. Yeah, tell this student who has like long flowing hair, mm, like down past her butt, mm-hmm. gorgeous thick hair. Yep. And day of, um, random people who are like not directly associated to her at all, but you know, our work for the organization came up to Lindsay and were like, she needs to brush her hair. It's like, what? Mm-hmm. She's a 13-year-old girl, and literally everyone is constantly policing 13, like, women's bodies, girls' bodies, Mm -hmm. constantly. Can they be in a safe place somewhere, please? No. And and if if I remember correctly, she had come, she had school, and then she had a basketball game, and then she had basketball practice for a traveling team, and then she came to this event. This was, like, the fourth thing on her to-do list that day. And she had done this event because I, as the leader of the middle schoolers, had a quota of how many students I needed to do this. And I had basically begged her. Yeah, there's not a lot of, it's not a lot of opt-in. 
Um, and unfortunately, I had to do that with a ton of my kids. All of my kids who did this event were begged, basically, and did it out of the generosity of their heart or some sort of loyalty towards me. If you're constantly leveraging your relationship to meet some impossible or unknowing set mm -hmm. of, of expectations. Right. Yeah. So push came to shove. I, I talked to my student. I was like, hey, this is what they're asking you to do. Right. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. I was like, here's what they are asking you to do. And she was like, you know what, Lindsay, like, this is what I want to write about. I'm like, cool. I completely support you. If this is the story that we're telling, this is the story we're telling. And I will go to bat for you over and over and over again because I'm not going to push you to do anything else. Um, and like I previously said, she ended up not winning, which was just fine. Very successful student. Um, and then... So this was the middle school event. Then the high school event that year, they had changed it to be very much a, oh, a yeah. fundraiser. And so they decked out the whole gym and they had all of these people. And I think it was like $200 a plate. Mm -hmm. People were coming to watch these disenfranchised students of color tell their sad story mm -hmm. in front of a group of wealthy white people. Yeah. I actually just talked to somebody yesterday who brought this up and was like, um, and, and she's a person of color and she was like, oh, I've been to those events. Mm -hmm. Those are really disturbing. I've left early. Yeah. And so with this student, I'm going to go back to Jasmine. I don't know if I remember this, but there was like some very special donors who, who came to the event. And my student was told that she had to sit with them. Oh my God, I forgot about this. And make conversation with them all night because they wanted to sit with one of these students. Kind of like when you go to the zoo and you pay money to, like, wash elephants. Mm -hmm. Very similar situation. So creepy. Like, we want a student to sit next to mm -hmm. us. Like, they don't freaking know you, dude. Yeah. Wh and then, what did she do, Lindsay? What did that full grown-ass adult do? Do you remember? She got drunk. Oh, my God. You're right. She got drunk drunk like had to be carried out of the event and administration was still like no 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 have jasmine sit next yeah so because making her uncomfortable because jasmine i forgot about this because jasmine came up to me and was like Lindsay, like she's drunk like i don't i'm uncomfortable and i was like okay like you don't have to be there and then the other people come they're like no she has to go sit back down she has to go sit back down and this is a 13 year old uh. I mean, at no age is it okay to force no. someone to be around others they don't want to, but literally, and and uh, the biggest reason to advocate for a young person when they're doing that is because they don't have the language yet, but mm -hmm. she had the language and she is telling her mentor, mm -hmm. I don't want to sit next to this person. Yeah. Do you remember also in this event, so these are kids and the kids got like two tickets for their family members to come and the family members were sat in the back to watch their students give these speeches, sat in the back, and were given two tickets. Uh, I forgot about that too. Because they wanted to have enough for donors and donors' friends. And, yep. Yeah. So, what we're talking about in kind of the bigger, and how we see this in bigger things, is in college essays, mm -hmm. in um, scholarship essays, in any of those opportunities to win clout or money or acceptance to something, students are often encouraged, I'm gonna use that word lightly, encouraged to write their saddest story, to really 
to dig deep into stuff that they haven't necessarily worked through themselves and write it out there and be 100% vulnerable to people who do not know them, do not care about them, and are just going to exploit them for their, for their experiences. And like Usher said earlier, like if the student chooses to do that, great, go for it. Use your experience and get what you can out of it. But if there's a student, if you are the student or you are the mentor to the student who does not feel comfortable doing that or does not bring that up themselves, do not go there. Like you don't have to be like, yeah, but remember that one time with that one person? Hint, hint. No, they do remember they do remember that they are choosing not to mm, that's a good point yeah you can push it a little bit and be like okay like anything else let's brainstorm ideas of things that you might want to talk about mm -hmm. because they know if they want to talk about it mm -hmm. they've been for the most part they've been told their whole lives that they can sell their sad stories to people Especially if they're members at a nonprofit. Mm hmm Yeah. Because that's what this is. It's that nonprofit, like, we're going to use your story to make money and then kind of justify it by, like, oh, but we're making money for you. Mm hmm But no, they're not. That money's not going... That money that was raised did not go to Jasmine. Her story did not get money for her to go anywhere else. And there's been times when you and I have been like, hey, my student needs money for yeah. transportation. Uh-huh visit for a college because they have an interview or they need money for like something that's like books um supplies like actual moments in time yeah the nonprofit can actually do its fucking job and they go no we don't have that money we don't have that money um that that pull from the students and asking them to strip themselves bare mm -hmm for the amusement mm -hmm. of donors or the mm -hmm. amusement of this, that, and, this and the other people thing. of color who, who love the white gays mm -hmm. too. Absolutely. G-A-Z-E. <laughs> <laughs> Not white gay folks, but mm -hmm. white gays. Like there is, um, I, I've seen that too, where it's like, I'm confused. Like, don't you remember this when you were a student or even now? Mm -hmm. But it's like this real comfortability of with poverty porn. It's so disturbing. Mm -hmm. And just this exploitation of students who trust you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the biggest one is you're asking these, these like ground floor mentors to gain the trust of these students mm -hmm. so that you can then exploit them. I can't tell you how many times donors would come to oh my program God. and I and I would be like, well, get one of your students to go show them around. Mm -hmm. Get one of your students to go do this, this, and that. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to throw out a name here. Sophia, I know you listen to this. Hi, Sophia. And good God, girl, you were my savior at this point because you did it for me every single time. And I am so sorry. Because they had to do like this, like, oh, it's like this is the program. Mm-hmm. How is that their responsibility? And my students would even come up to me because these donors would come and just stand at the doorway and watch. Yes. At, while the executive director or somebody else would be like speaking to what they were seeing. Mm -hmm. And one of my students came up to me and was like, oh, um, we're a zoo today? Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. These people aren't like, donors aren't coming in and interacting necessarily with our students in a helpful way. <laughs> it's, not like, it's nothing that they can't see in a fucking video. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're someone who's going in and you're actually interacting with students and you are also a donor, mm -hmm. good. But if you are someone who just wants to watch where your money's going. 
So now what, Lindsay? Now we've got now that we've got a full like real yeah, you candid look into what it's like <laughs> to work for a nonprofit and what it's like to try to bat for your kids. Yeah, um, I think so. First, students. You know if something feels uncomfortable. Trust your gut. Even if you don't have the words for it. Yep. Trust your gut. If someone is asking you to do something or tell your story or show part of you that you are not okay showing, mm. you do not have to do it. Mm. No matter what some organization or some person has done for you, you do not owe anybody mm. your own vulnerability. You do not owe anybody your story. Mm-mm. And then if you do not feel like you can stand up for yourself and say, no, I don't feel comfortable, find your mentor. Find someone who will listen to you and tell them. Even if you don't have the words, you do not need to know the word exploitation. You don't need to know any of that. You can just be like, I don't feel comfortable. Perfect. Yep. I don't feel comfortable. And you don't have to say more than that. Mm-mm. And practice saying that. Mm. Practice saying it now in situations that are just a little uncomfy so that if this comes up. Also, in essays, do not feel like you have to. If you don't want to and you're writing like college application essays, <laughs> if you don't want to tell the trauma that you experienced, you don't have to tell it. Because it's re-traumatizing. Mm-hmm. If you haven't gone to therapy and dealt with your trauma... You don't have to retell it to someone. And if you have gone to therapy and dealt with your trauma, you still don't have to retell it to anybody. Yeah, it's it's your decision. If some Yeah, if a school or an organization or something does not accept you on what you are willing and wanting to share, you don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be part of that organization. Mm-hmm. On the same vein, though, if you are comfortable sharing that and you want to use your experience to gain an extra foot mm-hmm. do it i think my the story that comes to mind is um my family had a friend when i was growing up and it was three sons and the mom um got cancer and was dying and her son was going to college in the next few years and, and she told him i think my mom told me this story but like use this use this story in your as your like college applications mm-hmm. she's like i want you to get as mu- much out of me as you can so if you want to use this story go ahead and do it mm-hmm. i'm not sure if he did mm-hmm. um but like if you want to use your story and you're able to you're not being manipulative no you're not you're not taking advantage of your own story mm-hmm. or like the things that like other affluent and even white kids will say like oh you're an affirmative action yep. admin no you're not no you are and even first of all there's like wrong with the term there's nothing wrong with affirmative action but there is nothing wrong with you sharing like i had extra obstacles mm-hmm. to get where i am right yep. now and i am allowed um to speak to that in any way yep. that i want to mm-hmm. yeah and if that helps me good because it's something, it is a hurdle that I had to cross. Not and, take advantage of it. Yeah. And so not take advantage of it. So there's two things there. Like, if you want to tell that story, get it. Mm-hmm. Do it. Mm-hmm. Milk it for all it's worth. Mm-hmm. If you don't, mm-hmm. don't. Mm-hmm. You never should feel forced to share anything that you are not ready to share. Mm-hmm. So that's my big thing for students. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily in this situation, Jasmine was able to tell me, like, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, for mentors, I feel like what you and I have done in this situation is what you do. Listen to your student. And listening could be listening with your ears. Listening could be watching their body language. Listening could just be being very aware 
of how they're reacting to the situation. Mm. The idea of letting a student brainstorm allows you to see what they are actually comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Like if you just let a student go off with their first idea, you're right, they could be going deeper. Right. And I think that's what happened with Jasmine. I think her first story was very like, and I lost a basketball and I was sad. And then it was like, and I lost a basketball and I really started questioning my own ability. And we can go deeper like that. Mm -hmm. But never once did she talk about other things that were happening in her life. So we're not going to push that. Mm -hmm. So as the mentor in that situation, just the difference between leading questions and open-ended. Yeah. But I think we talk about that a lot. Mm -hmm. And this is one of those big ones of like, let the student decide what they're going to share. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're in that nonprofit world, go to bat for your kids. They trust you. That is why they're there. Know that they are doing things that might make them uncomfortable because they trust you. And if you value your relationship with your boss or your donors more than you value the relationship with your students, you don't belong in this world. No. Get out. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, sometimes there are going to be students who are very willing to kind of to do the dog and pony show for you. Like they might really enjoy that. And that's okay too. If you have a student who likes to oh do God. that. I have a student who's like fucking all star schmoozer. Yeah. So good at it. And they enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And so let that kid do it. You don't have to have a different student every time. Um, but just pay attention to what you're asking your students to do and what it's taking from them. Mm -hmm. No matter how much you are doing for your student, asking them to strip themselves bare for you or your donors or your admin or whatever it is, is not fair. Mm -hmm. There's no amount of money that you can put in the bank that will justify that. Mm -hmm. You'll, you might just remember that you're scarring somebody for yep. life. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Yep. Even if they become a fan, like fantastic at talking to people and customer service and stuff because they helped you for six years in your after school program, mm -hmm. Sophia. Which is not their job <laughs> no. either, right? Like it's not their job mm -hmm. to get you donations. Your job is to figure that out. Yeah. That's part of your role mm -hmm. as the adult and the director in that situation. When I when I have like an like a spectacular thing happen, I'm like really excited because the student got into the school and mm -hmm. having a really, really difficult high school life or whatever it is, like I always ask first, like, hey, is this something that you'd want? Is this a story that you'd want to share? Yeah, that's um, a good one. You know, like you always remind them that their story is, is there mm -hmm. you have, and you need their permission. Yep, exactly. Um, so we talked about kids, we talked about mentors. And then I think the last one is just like guardians, like parents and guardians. And what did you call them? What was the word, the phrase that you used? The phrase that you coined? Not the team team. Caretakers? Caretakers. <laughs> That's not fine, but yeah. But the word that you, you know what I mean. The word that you used last week. Thanks for the Yeah. <laughs> caretakers. So like primary, primary caretakers. Yeah, primary caregivers. Um, you also get to listen to your student. And you also get to tell another adult in their life back off. Yes. If you are uncomfortable mm -hmm. with what's being asked to be shared, mm -hmm. have that conversation with your student. Um, empower your student to say something. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big one. Like it's very easy for adults to be like, don't worry, I'll go take care of that for you. Yeah, and, and the mentors, um, 
pay attention to the immigrant families mm-hmm. because they will feel uncomfortable, but they might not say it. Yeah. And they might be like, oh, this is just a part of it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I got to deal with it. No. Or this organization is helping my kids so much that I'm not going to say anything. Mm-hmm. No, there's no organization that's helping your kid enough to justify that. Because mm-hmm. the immigrant families won't, what I, at least in my experience, like they, they need more advocacy because they don't have that language. Mm-hmm. They have the feelings and they have, they might have it in their own language. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they, they, there's like this um, gratitude that's just like a, that overtakes some yes. of the parents, and it's like, no, like, are you comfortable with this? Because mm-hmm. if you're not, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think this is a big one. This is the kid, like students, speak up in whatever words you can, even if it's just no. Mm-hmm. You get to say no. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the adults in the students' lives listen to them. Listen to the student, watch the student, see if they're actually comfortable, hear their own voice and their own words. And students, um, you have so much power over your story mm-hmm. once you start to assert it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a um, like a 15 year old, she's a sophomore. Uh, her name is Monse. I think she's fine with me giving, because I, <laughs> I have to give her credit for this. Okay. Because in front of her, like when we resume, chatting or like whatever that's called i wrote it down when she said it Mm -hmm. she was talking about uncomfortable experiences that she has with people and she said lindsay she said no one likes to make themselves simplified palatable versions of themselves for old white people i love that and i was like you are a queen (laughs) you don't understand how amazing you are i like that a lot yeah so just remember that like that's there's an icky feeling Mm -hmm. you get to respect that yeah so for the jasmines out there you don't have to tell whatever story they want to tell you you don't have to brush your hair you don't have to iron your dress (laughs) if you don't want to (laughs) you get to be unequivocally you show up how you want Mm -hmm. if you are part of an event because you were asked by your mentor and you did it just to help your mentor out. Good for you. We appreciate it. But you do not owe us any more. You don't even owe us that. Mm-hmm. You get to say no to every single person if they are making you uncomfortable. One of the cool things is like I, I, that I've seen with some of my um, older students, like the seniors. Um, this might be one of your students too. I can't remember. Yes. But basically, like their their coach kept telling them like their writing coach kept telling them like no 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 talk about this no 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 no. talk about this and then she just learned very quickly with hey thanks for your suggestion Mm. and then locking her out of that that um that part of the essay like you don't get to yeah just like just thanking somebody for their time they're like i don't I don't know how to get mad at that. <laughs> I don't know how to get mad whether you're being respectful. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. So that's a, a really good strategy mm-hmm. too. Like, hey, thanks for your suggestion. Yeah. yeah. I think that's that was the story today of Jasmine. Thank you for sharing. My gosh, so powerful. And thank you. This was one that we um, talked about yesterday on our walk. Yeah. Because it it's sometimes hard to come up with different stories, especially like with that one. I kind of put it to the back of my head because I remember I was so angry when this happened. For a really long time. For And I, th- yeah. I think I left the organization shortly after that because mm-hmm. I was so appalled. Mm-hmm. Um, so also as a youth developer or somebody in nonprofit, like you get to be uncomfortable with 
stuff that your organization's doing. Yeah, you don't have to co-sign everything. Mm-mm. Yeah, no. Nope. You can make the choice like how much hell do you want to raise? Yep. Um, I know that it's even in the nonprofit world, this shit's a game. Like there's so many, so much politics, um, so much like uh, um, perception that you have to play with. Mm-hmm. But you get to decide like, do I leave now? Mm-hmm. Do I talk to my boss about this? Yep. Do I? Um, I know what, do I have enough trusted like coworkers where we can go together at the, at, at this as a group? Mm-hmm. Um, but your documentation is your friend. Yes. Date, time, who was there, who witnessed, what was said, mm-hmm. as many details as possible. Documentation is also your friend if you're yeah. struggling at work. Mm-hmm. So I know usually we talk a little bit more, um, like very straightforward mental health. Mm-hmm. And this was a little bit different, but this is protecting your mental health. Yeah. This is protecting you and who you are mm-hmm. um, and your story. And you get to decide how and to whom that story gets shared. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. <laughs> thank you for listening and jiving with me. <laughs> let's just let's just be real and just say, like, thanks to our listeners and to also Lindsay's friends. <laughs> because my fucking friends still aren't fucking listening mm-hmm. besides one or two people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So shout out to the friends who are sharing our stuff. Like, yeah. that's unbelievably helpful. Um, it helps our posts go further into the world. And just as nice to, it's also nice when you talk to us about it. I don't know if your friends have done that, but they'll like message you and be like, hey, listen to this. Only when it's critical feedback. Oh. Why don't you have such a rank ass group of friends? Yeah, my friends are like, oh, I loved this part. I want to talk about it. (laughs) And I was like, yes, I love talking about my podcast. I already talk about it all the time. (laughs) Yeah, we put a lot of hard work into this. Like, there's a lot of thought, there's a lot of, um, pre and post work that we do um that's like outside of our regular job <laughs> and um yeah so we appreciate all mm-hmm. of you who are, who are supporting us too so thank you yeah so i do want to give a one specific shout out to one of our listeners if that's okay with you of course um so i gave out gave a shout out to student sophia earlier today mm-hmm. for just being everything in the world during my job at the one that we were talking about but i also want to give a shout out to adult sophia not because they have the same name but adult sophia is a friend of mine who listens to this podcast who always shares on her instagram thank you sophia our stuff and she's always wants to talk about it and i just really appreciate that like she doesn't have kids she doesn't work with students um but she's able to listen to this and like get and find stuff that's relevant and then share it with other people. And I just really appreciate that. So shout out to you. Thank you, Sophia. Mm-hmm. Now I'd like to thank my friends who are helping. None of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. What's your proud of? My proud of. Oh, Lord. Um, I've been working really hard. All my things are like, goddamn dog these days. <laughs> Fuck. Shit. Shit. <sighs> I really. <laughs> So, we had some behavior issues that you may have heard in the past 17 podcasts, Um, and we're still learning with those, but I've been investing in, the only way that I know how to invest in things is I'm just doing a ton of research um, and practicing over and over again with Moose on different things, so sitting and down and laying and leaded, and I was really proud that I got to show Auntie Usher today that I could put up treat on moose's paw and say leave it and he won't get it 
which was by far the cool. I just feel like a true champion. I love him so much. Um, but yeah, so I'm proud. I'm proud of that, and I think it's funny. I, th- I don't know who said it. It was probably actually who said it to me. Like, yep, yeah, you're just kind of treating this like you treat everything else. Like, you should do a whole bunch of research and then <laughs> figure out something that works. And I was like, yep, I'm that giant nerd. <laughs> so, I'm just kind of proud of proud of that. Um, what else? What other things are important in my life? The Open's coming up. You don't actually care. It's a CrossFit thing. It's a competition thing. Um, and that's coming up, so I'm excited for that. Because I get to do CrossFit. Not that I don't do it every other day, but I get to do it and, like, score against other people. I just want to clarify. When she says every other day, she means every single day, twice a day. I mean, you're not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to clarify that. Um, So, yeah, that's what I'm kind of proud of and looking forward to. Because I threw that out there. I I threw out a proud of and looking forward to. Yeah, just suck it. Oh my god, I have to think about more stuff. Okay, um, what am I proud of? Um, I am... Yeah, you got one? Can I do a proud of for you? Yeah, great. Please take it off my plate. I am proud of you for yesterday reaching out for support in a like truly authentic way and telling me exactly what you needed and just being like, hey, I'm having a day. I don't want to sit in my house and sulk. Can we go for a walk? And it was everything that me as your friend needed to know going into the situation. Mm. Um, Because, so the first thing was like, hey, do you have time today to go for a walk? And my first thought was, oh my God, you're breaking up with me. (laughs) And then I said, is everything okay? And then you said, yeah, I'm just going through some stuff. And you gave a little bit of context. So beyond my initial anxiety freak out, you're going to break up with me. um, I just like really want to shout you out for that, for... um, knowing what you needed and asking for what you needed. I thought that was really cool. That's hilarious because I thought, oh my god, I'm like, this is this context is going to stress her out. I mean, it did for a second. Okay. Just put it in the same text. That's all I need. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. even if you're typing the second text, there's still like a split second of, hey, we need to talk. <laughs> yeah, I had a really hard week like a very hard week Mm -hmm. like not just professionally but also personally been going through the ringer super fun (laughs) so i'm proud of um trying to make healthy choices as much as i can Mm -hmm. like yesterday it was really hard so i was like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna build that shoe rack that um that's been sitting in the living room for a while so i could feel uh, distracted but mm-hmm. also accomplished I did feel distracted but not accomplished because I didn't I didn't understand how to build it <laughs> it is probably I just want to re- remind all of you of Astra the wood woodworker <laughs> it was plastic <laughs> it was not wood <laughs> oh my god it's yeah so it broke so I have to like rebuild it but I'm I'm proud of making that like decision to do something productive instead of sulking mm-hmm yay yeah awesome well, uh, thanks everyone for listening, for sharing, for commenting. Mm, oh my gosh, gosh. shout out to Irene. Irene is like my wellness coach. She's amazing. Um, and uh, she's like providing like good feedback. Is she listening? She, I, yeah, I think she listens to everything. Yeah. Oh. And um, so if you, if you follow us on Instagram, which is What's the Feeling Podcast, 
you'll see her comments and you can check out like her organization and her work. She's a um, life coach and a wellness coach. Uh, and I believe it's called Bay Wellness. <laughs> Uh, but thank you, Irene. Mm -hmm. And thank you, everyone else, for listening. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. And come back next week for a deep dive into the next episode of Good Girls. Gosh. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for chatting with us. You didn't chat with us. We chatted at you. Thanks for listening to us chat. Have a great week, and we will see you in a week. Bye. Bye.